Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong Welcome to the Reformatory podcast, where we have no agenda, objective. No, 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 no. You don't get to do that just because this is I, a throwback. <laughs> I always did that. I know. This is a new podcast. You are my guest now. You are my co-host. You are my co-host. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. And I am one of your local churchmen, Josh Loftus. And as you have already heard, I am not alone. Uh, we have a very, very special episode Spe- for you Special today. in a multiple use of that word. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I'm not going to pontificate on that anymore. No, nah, nah, walk just, away. We're just, just going to leave it to the people's imagination. As you all know, faithful listeners of the Reformatory, Jack is absent. Uh, he is in Thailand. He is having a grand old time uh, preaching the gospel to Thailandians and making a vacation out of it at the same time. Yes, Thailandians, but okay. Thailandians, excuse me. Uh, so throughout the last couple weeks in Jack's absence, we have been filling the time on the Reformatory, with some local church-centered interviews. And we've had the likes of Brian Borgman and Sam the Man Renahan on. And today, today, we have reached a new level and I don't. I'm gonna let you decide whether a new it's, low. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't distinguish which level we're on. Yeah. <laughs> Longtime listeners of the Reformatory will recognize the voice uh, that is with me in the podcast virtual studio today. My my OG co-host, the the man, the myth, and the legend, Daniel Corey. Daniel, my brother, my friend. It is good to be uh, doing radio with you again, my man. It has been it has been a hot minute. It has. It has. Lots has uh, transpired since we podcasticated together. That is very true. 
It's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a, it's a different podcast. It's it's different than what you and I started, but that's okay. All yeah. things change. Yeah, it's worse, but um, you, you know. <laughs> you, uh, you have taken up a new uh, a new call as a, a correct down in uh, correct. down in the 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 state that that owns Sin City. We yeah we don't acknowledge that part of the state. But yes, I am in the great state of Nevada. Yes, and uh, in the Carson City area, and mm-hmm. minister at Grace Community Church, right alongside Mr. Brian Borgman. That's right. Well, we we loved having Brian on uh, a couple weeks ago. It was a fantastic app. He gave some really, really great and practical advice for some young uh, young pastors or pastors that are brand new into the ministry. It was awesome talking to Brian. Love Brian to death. Um, and uh, man, it is. Uh, yeah, it's good to have you. It's good to have you, my guy. And um, how 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 are things? Give us give us just a little update on Daniel before we kind of hop into our into into our topic today. Update on Daniel. Well, we moved. You did. Yeah. So we went from the rainiest state in the union. Yeah, so maybe the driest. Yeah. Um, we're loving Nevada. It's a beautiful place to live. Uh, we're loving Grace Community Church. Yeah, and ministry in the right along right alongside Brian and the other elders. Kind of just figuring out what life uh, looks like down here. And, yeah, yeah. Um, been enjoying it. Yeah. Man, yeah. So I had the blessing, and we talked about it a little bit on uh, on a reformatory app a couple months ago i had the blessing of being able to visit you um yeah for my installation for your installation service it was a good Mm -hmm. time it was great yeah Um, i mean it was hats off to you for coming man so okay i love the segue i love the pun (laughs) and only only i understand that right now so but we are going to get into this because here's the thing daniel i have a bone to pick with you Okay. I, I, I got to pick this bone because you and I are friends. You and I are long-term friends. We know each other well. We trust each other. And, uh, and, and we can... Three out okay, of four. okay, fine, fine, fine. You trust me. I don't know if I trust you as much, yeah, but that's, that's okay. fair. Um, when I showed up to Grace in Nevada, mm. I came all the way down. All the way, I travel. I drove 18 hours to come see my buddy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's face it. You drove that long to come see Brian, and I was the excuse. Hey, I, 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 yes, I wanted to give Brian a hug, and then seeing you was the consolation prize. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so you drove all that way. I drove all that way. Right. Yeah. I get to. Uh, we get to Sunday morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Joyous day. I want to. I want to look good. Yeah. Right? For. for my boy like dapper right yeah. like like yeah. I, like 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 this this church that you are that you are in like this is this is a fantastic day right and, and you want to make the right impression i want to make the right impression yeah i want to look good i want to look good dapper yeah. so i put on my pnw best right yes you did so i got yeah, yeah. i got my nice jeans i got my nice white collared shirt yes. all right and then i call you i call mm-hmm. you sunday morning and i'm like daniel 
help me out just just kind of understanding uh this church a little bit because i because i don't want to offend right i know yeah we, we dress differently up in the pnw some churches yeah. are more more conservative some a little bit more liberal mm-hmm. you know in, in in regards to how they how they dress not their theology right um yeah. and i say would it be offensive at this church if i wore my 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 irish uh, dress cap right because I've got, yeah. like, you know, like a newsy cap. Scully, like a scully or something? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You know, so I've got, like, this nice dress cap. Yeah, that's, that's and I like, said. It's big, it's big in the PNW, right? And I, I asked yeah. you, I said, do you think this would be a problem at all? You I said. said nothing but a chicken wing. Yeah. Wear it. Not a thing. Not a no. thing. Your exact words were, I can't think of anyone who would have a problem with that. I have and it in, I st- I have it in I text. Say, I stand by that. Yeah, so, yeah, I stand by it. Uh-huh, Okay. So, so I then up. we had a, I mean, then we had the the elders Q and A for Sunday school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the issue of female head coverings came up, right? And which which was a great discussion, I thought. Yeah. And then it morphed very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what was that direction it took? So the direction it took was. Um, after the discussion on female head coverings finished, which uh, I thought was a good discussion, you know, I yeah. thought you know keeping it cultural and all that good stuff, right? Um, it then quickly morphed to one of your elders, yeah, making the statement, you know, something, and I'm paraphrasing, so yeah, so you know, let me know if I if I mess this up, yeah, but it goes I, something I really don't like. Something that I that really really burns my bacon. I don't think he said that, but that's the gist of it. He's Canadian, so he said it would have burned my Canadian bacon. Okay, that's fair. Is when men wear hats in church. To and then yeah, he looked at you. Yeah, he looked at you. And then to which Brian, our mutual friend, goes, "Oh well, it's a good thing nobody is wearing a hat in here because that'd be awkward." And then he like he like scanned the room. I am sitting in the second to the front row yeah. <laughs> with my hat on. <laughs> and I feel the burning of eyes on <laughs> me. Yeah. Here's this yeah. guy from the PNW that shows up with his stupid hat. And uh I have I haven't forgiven you yet because in your text, like oh I can't think of anybody. Not only was there somebody, it was one of your elders, bro. It was, and upon reflection, I have three <sighs> words that I feel like I need to say to you. Oh, okay, I regret nothing. Somehow I'm not surprised at the uh, I'm not surprised at the response. <laughs> that was one of the most embarrassing. I, I, I I've been embarrassed before. Um, but that I was normally, up there. That was up there, uh, getting called mm-hmm. out in front of an entire church for wearing a hat, of all things. I didn't know we were still in the 80s. I didn't know this was a Brethren church. I'm kidding. Kidding. Joking. It's not. It's a good church. But they're a little stingy on hats. So if any of you ever visit Grace Church in, in uh, Carson City, Nevada, um, don't wear a hat because you might get called out. <laughs> you might get called out from the... From the platform. From the platform. Um, so what are we what are we chatting about today, Big J? Well, I you know, Daniel, I thought that we um per usual, per per us, we should talk about something that's uh 
That's a little spicy. Might might get us into a little trouble. Little uh, little cigars. Little, little turn and burn. No, not that's that's no no not anymore. Although, what are More, you smoking? Um, is that a La Herencia? It is. Yeah, box, box press. press. Box press. Good good stuff. Good yeah. Stuff. We normally, so we, so something controversial. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to talk to me about the whole classic theism thing. No, because we don't care, honestly. People just need to chill out with that whole classic theism thing. That's that's the official covered. position of the reformatory. <laughs> Everyone chill out. <laughs> so no, if it's Dan- if it's not that, it's gotta be something to do with liberal theology. I mean, because there are some topics that just there's no way they'd be controversial. Preaching counseling worship music those are safe topics well you know it turns out daniel that the topic of counseling is not so safe uh even within the halls of reformedom and when i talk counseling, oh, oh like do you mean like heavy integrationist counseling like basically being a Christian, but holding to everything guys like Skinner and Young and others taught. Like you talking about that? No, 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 no. Not so much that. Not 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 so oh, much okay. that route. I, I'm talking more. Um, you know, it's a term that that that's. I think uh, it's a term that has some has some baggage for some folks. I think it's called biblical counseling. Have you heard of so- this? I have. I mean, we should define terms to make sure we're on the same page. Okay, that's fair. When I hear the term biblical counseling, I think telling the people what the Bible says about God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about them, mm-hmm. about their sin, mm-hmm. and and then what obedience to God is. Mm-hmm. And like so applying it then to their life Mm -hmm. that they can put to death the sin that's in their life and be further sanctified and grow in their conformity to Christ. Like that's roughly what I would kind of, in my mind. You know, I think it's a fair definition. And it's almost as if that definition is something that every Christian that has ever lived and ever will live is called to do both for themselves and yeah. for their neighbor. So I'm, I'm, I'm failing to see where in that definition, the problem creeps in. Well, the problem walk, begins walk, to creep walk me, in. Walk, walk me through it. Sure, sure, sure. The problem begins to creep in. Um, and we're being very tongue in cheek here, of course, but we're gonna being cheeky. We're being cheeky. Yeah, there's no tongue at all. <laughs> oh, gross. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. Oh, man, us together is a bad combo, dude. dude. I, can see, I can see why you left. Um, so <laughs> the, problem, the problem arises, and this is something that I have seen and dealt with and experienced a lot um, in just greater evangelicalism, but also it's a growing thing in reformedom, as I mentioned, yeah. which is which is odd to me and, and rather concerning. There's a lot of stigma revolving around biblical counseling and its place within the local church. 
And anyone who's listened to the Reformatory knows that I'm a biblical counselor. It's what I do. It's what I it, it's what I believe. It's your, it's in. your first love. It's my first love. Ooh. Yeah, look at that. Whoa, wait, wait, hold up. Preaching or counseling? Uh, counseling. I knew it. I love preaching. I love preaching, but get me get me in get me in the lives of people. That that's uh-huh. where that's where I want to be. How about you? So, How about you? Uh, I, I'd probably be the other way around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah which is totally fine. It's yeah. my it's it's my one A one B. There you go. If, if I go. could go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But something something that we wanted to talk about that I wanted to talk about, and I thought was a good thing to talk to Daniel about because he is also uh, a proponent of biblical counseling. We've talked about this on the podcast before, so it shouldn't be a surprise to folks. Something that is neglected within the local church these days is, I believe, the requirement of pastors within the local church to be able to counsel their people, right? I think that the role of a pastor has many facets within it, but I think one of of the primary responsibilities of a pastor elder... No, <laughs> is to counsel, is oh. to counsel their people, Daniel. Focus. Swinging a miss on that one. Swogus, what are you smoking there, man? <laughs> How long has that La Herencia been, been in your humidor? Oh, right. wow. Um, so you, you think every pastor should, to some degree, counsel? I would say to Like, you're going to have yes. some guys like you or your man crush extraordinaire Pat like counseling is your bread and butter. It's what you want to do every single day. And you can carry a hefty counseling load. Whereas other guys, it's not going to be their primary area, perhaps of gifting or comfort, but every pastor should be to some capacity counseling people biblically. hundred percent. Yeah. And and it really is kind of a response to the, to the claim that I hear that, you know, I'm a pastor, I don't counsel people, which is something that I hear. And it's something that is actually a pretty popular view. You've heard that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I really have. Which is, which to wow. me is, I think there's a lot of reasons why people would say that. And a lot of, I think, mentalities that kind of lead to that conclusion. But I, I don't agree with it. And I think that it, that, that. Whether it be out of ignorance or be out of out of stubbornness or 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 whether it be out of fear and 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 being uncomfortable with getting into the nitty gritty of people's lives, I think the result of that is something that ends up hurting the local church because counseling, biblical counseling, I believe is so necessary for the people of God uh, to be doing for each other, right? And and that's. That's something I wanted to talk about today because I think we see so much of kind of kind of sourcing out our counseling to other people because they may mm-hmm. have degrees or they may have you know uh, you know letters behind their name that that we as our culture has deemed to qualify them to handle the the issues that come up in life right um, yeah so so teasing out some of the objections. Yeah. Um, part of it, uh, like, is going to be 
you've never had biblical counseling modeled for you. So the church you're up in didn't do it. So yep. it's a foreign concept or right up. But I don't think that's the major one at this point. You could have, you could have said that 10, 15, 20 years ago. I don't think you can actually say it very often now. I think the biggest hurdle now is this view that we have adopted of that broader term counseling of which psychology, psychotherapy and all that has played a big, uh, a big role is this idea of uh, biblical counseling is seen similar to, I'm not saying it's like a one-to-one, but similar to a Christian well-meaning trying to fix like a broken leg with the Bible verse. Some people view it like it, they view it like that. Like, no, that's not what the Bible's for. The Bible's for like spiritual stuff and psychology, psychotherapy um, is for the mind. So th- there's, there's, there's that category, which I think really hinders some people. But then there's another one where it's more, there's people that should deal with that. Like that it's this, it's this niche yeah. outside of what we do as in pastoral ministry, which to those do you think is probably the most popular in the, the reform circles? So the, the one that I have, the one that I've experienced the most would be the second one. I, I, yeah. I, I do think there are pastors out there that shrug it off because they, there is that mentality, right? That mentality is real. Um, and, and it's almost just a, I don't want to have to get my hands dirty with this because there's people that went to school for this and people that you can pay to do this so that I can focus sure. on, on my sermon. I can focus on other things, right? Which again, I think a lot of that may come from an incorrect view of what a pastor is supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you think that a pastor's primary function is preaching and that's it, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> that is not the main function of a pastor. That is a function, but it's not the mm-hmm. main one, right? You're, you're called to do st- so much more than just preach. But I, I do think the majority of the majority of um, <sighs> disagreement toward biblical counseling comes from that second camp is that mm-hmm. we break we break apart the mind, the soul, and the body in ways that I believe scripture doesn't. I do believe there are there are differences in how you counsel each one. But I believe that they are much more tied together, mainly mainly the soul and the mind, not so much the body. Uh, although although it does affect the body in 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 many ways. Um I think they are much closer together than our culture believes they are. Uh-huh. And scripture is able because we believe scripture is authoritative. We believe it's inerrant. Therefore, we must believe it's sufficient. I believe scripture speaks to way more issues when it comes to the matters of the mind and the matters of the heart and soul than uh-huh. many want to believe it does. So, like, uh, it shakes out to you how your view of scripture works its way out practically right to some degree yeah um let me fix my microphone here um okay so yeah when this picture when this when the scripture speaks of inner man outer man you know i'm I'm pretty convinced the bible 
looks at humanity with a bipartite view rather than a tripartite view. Um, so I, I think that when it talks about the inner man and instructing the inner man, like obviously we're going we're gonna to believe that the scripture is more than sufficient to deal with that. Like the, yeah. all that we need for life and for godliness is in the word of God revealed there. Right. And um, I think that once you actually get into counseling, the first session, first couple sessions, you are overwhelmed with the complexity, the, just what a mess. Yep. Because uh, usually people will come to you and be like, man, like my prayer life is great. My Bible is right. great. I'm walking uprightly before the Lord. Counsel me. Uh, that's usually not. <laughs> Not the folks. Uh, I wish uh, that was it. They'd just come into my <laughs> office and just be like, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm just need a little pep talk. Like everything's yeah. going well. Like, and just, wouldn't that be check nice? Check the tire pressure. Check the <laughs> check oil. Check the tire pressure. New, new air freshener. Yes. Yeah. Done. See you next week. Uh, usually there's a fire raging under the hood and yeah. three of the four tires are off. And um, two of the kids have thrown up in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so you like look at that, and you're like, I don't even know where to begin. But actually, when you start like looking at individual elements of the situation, yeah. I'm I'm constantly shocked how it comes back to very simple issues of the heart. Yeah, extraordinarily yep. simple. Like I, I was uh, recently uh, chatting with some. Uh, folks on a situation and just the simplicity of James in chapter four. Why do you fight? Mm. Why do you have quarrels among you? You want, you don't have, you don't get. Yep. And you're like, so it's a great conversation about like, and unmet expectations and selfishness can tear your life apart. Right. And then beginning to show them Christ his call and, and plan for their life that doesn't involve me getting mine. Right. It involves yeah. me serving and others serving one another. And so like, I, I think that there's this idea of like, you look at the complexity of some situation like, Oh yeah, no, there's no way I can handle that. And I think that's frankly why most Christians don't feel if I could steal from jams, they don't feel competent to counsel. Oh, um, but if you're just going, do you know your Bible? Yeah, more or less. Okay, well, take what you know there yep. and apply it to someone's life. At the base, like at the, at the very essence of what biblical counseling is, like that's, that's, all, that's all about it. It's, it's not rocket science. Well, no, it's not. And I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people are intimidated by the word counseling, right? And, and, and I think a term that I, I like to, I like to utilize when I'm, beginning to either teach or expose people to the ideas of biblical counseling and what it is is we call it we call it biblical counseling but what it truly is 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 just intensive discipleship it's very purposeful discipleship it's 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 a very focused it's very focused it's a very focused discipleship right less general and it's something that all Christians 
If you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, it's something that you are equipped to do if you have the Word of God. And it's yeah. something that I believe you're called to do if you have the Word of God. Like simply, you know, it can it can be as simple as calling a brother out for, you know, an attitude or a sin problem and, and applying scripture to it. That's biblical counseling. That's what it is. It is it, it, it's being in community with one another and applying the word of God in the situations that we are called to apply it, which is every situation, right? So there's there's a lot that we could talk about in terms of defending biblical counseling, talking about why it's needed and 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 things like and that and that all that's well and good. But something that I really wanted to focus on here is why it's important, especially for pastors, to see counseling their people, utilizing the Word of God outside of the realm of preaching. Although there is an element, a small element of counseling within preaching, but that's not enough. It's not what we're talking about, right? So you don't like the you don't like the phrase where it's like I counsel from the pulpit. That kills me. <laughs> that kills me um, because that's a phrase people use, and I've heard I, it. I've heard several pastors say that they they don't counsel because that's like one on one and very inefficient. Whereas, like if you counsel from the pulpit, it's like one to however big your church is. Right. Super efficient. Yeah, it's very efficient, and that church will efficiently. It will it will efficiently implode, given enough time. If that's if that's left uh, uh, un unmanaged, but uh, yeah, I think I think when when we're talking about counseling, utilizing the word of God to speak into the mm-hmm. lives of people in an, in a authoritative way, not that we have the authority, but Scripture has the authority. It's important, and I believe vital for pastors to be able to do that and to see that as actually part of their office. And I'm not talking just simply calling people out in sin, right? Because that's the easy one. Every pastor is going to be like, well, I, I do that, but that's where they stop. That's, mm. that's the bare minimum of counseling that I think a pastor is supposed to do. And I know this is going to be an unpopular view. It's going to get me in trouble. So I'll say it. So Daniel, Daniel's hands are clean this extends into mental what what we classify mental health issues as well and and issues that stem from from the mind and the emotions i believe scripture speaks to those i believe you're so, scripture- you're, so you're so simplistic josh yeah do you think the bible has answers i'm a biblicist <laughs> that's that, how that, that has am? become a byword is beyond me <laughs> of all things that i'd want to be known for that's one of them here's the thing i do believe that scripture the holy word of god is sufficient to handle the issues of the heart the issues of the mind the issues of the soul now there are legitimately issues that happen within the mind that are physical. I'm not I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying that you just sure. that you just give a bible verse and slap somebody on the head and boom their autism's gone or boom you know you know you know fill in the blank. That sure. that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the the classic things that every person comes into contact with sometimes on a daily basis, depression, anxiety, worry, anger, right? All of these things that start in the mind and then manifest themselves obviously in the body if left if left unmanaged i believe scripture has the tools and everything that we need to mm. manage these and it might not be a quick fix but it's going to be a true yeah. and lasting 
lasting change, which is which should be our goal. But we have a lot of pastors these days uh, outsourcing that care and that uh-huh. counsel uh, for many, many different reasons. And my encouragement and the point of, the, I guess, the, the rest of this podcast is that's your job. You're outsourcing, I would say, one of the primary uh, responsibilities that you were called to do as a pastor elder. Yeah. Th- thoughts on thoughts on that, Daniel? Did I just did I just sink the ship? Am I crazy? I feel like I'm crazy. No, you're not. I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I I'm sure we both agree that different. You know, if you have multiple pastors on staff, let's just say you're yes. going to have a variable degree of how much everyone does, right? Absolutely. Like, yep. Um, you know, our, our, our counseling load is not evenly spread here just because of different gifts, abilities, times, availability, you know, seasons of life, all that. But we're all doing it to different degrees. Sure. Um, but I'd say the normal pastor who's, you know, ministering, Maybe he's the only staff guy and he works with other elders. He should have people in his congregation that are struggling Mm -hmm. and he should be giving them attention from the word of God. Uh, Yeah. Calling them out on the the lies that they've called truth and the patterns of sin that they've fallen into and think are acceptable or, um, or, you know, Basically, walking in disobedience and lovingly but firmly coming alongside of them and showing them what God has said and, and what the word has for them. That's part of what it means to shepherd the flock. Like a good shepherd doesn't just um, soak up the praises of the healthy sheep, a good shepherd deals very pointedly with the rebellious, uh, very carefully with the, the weak and the wounded, um, very patiently with the wayward. I mean, that's just, that's part of what it means to shepherd the flock of God, right? Like, Well, you would think, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, right? But yeah, I, that is what I believe to be uh, the responsibilities of pastors. And, and like you said, and it's very true, different pastors based on their gifting are going to, are going to engage in those things to, to uh, differing degrees. And that's okay. Uh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but if you're, if you're entering into the pastorate thinking or, or hoping that you are not going to be called to, to care for the hurting, to, to, to call out sin uh, in the rebellious, uh, to to apply the word of God to someone's anxiety or their their depression or their grief, the pastor's not for you, and 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 that's okay. Like that's okay if if you don't feel like God has equipped you to do that in a in a in a in a pastoral setting. That might be a confirmation that the pastorate's just not the direction that you should be going. And you'll be able to utilize the other gifts that God has given you in a different way, but it's probably not the place for you. And I think we've kind of lost that aspect of things. And 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 I think there's just this, a, a more simplistic view as, a, well, if he can preach, yeah, then he's a pastor. And my point is there's so much more. There's so much more yeah. to being a pastor than simply being able to 
to deliver a good 40, 45 minutes or more, or if you're Daniel, an hour and five. Hour 15. Yeah. <laughs> Got to see the flock, baby. Um, yeah, that's right. Shove it down their throats. <laughs> Eat this hay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's. We also, I, I, I think we want to be cautious to not paint this overly romanticized view of counseling. I, mean, I don't think we are, but there are times in counseling where it's like, it's fun. Like it's like you, you're, you're coming, you know, you're rightly applying the word yeah. answers from scripture are flowing, you know, connections are being made like, you know, you bond, see the eyes like, open, right? Oh there's, man. There's, Sins there's that have progress. Bondage are being shed. Oh. But then there's other times where you're just sitting there. You're like, why am I here? Yeah, I'm the worst person <laughs> in the world. I don't know what's going on. Well, and, you're, and, you're, and sometimes you're you're just hearing yeah. really awful stuff. And you're like, man, I don't want to know that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, there's times I've, I've after counseling, like it, I need time like alone to yeah. process what on earth I just heard. Yeah, um, because. It's like we don't live in a make-believe, safe, clean world. We live mm-hmm. in a world where, man, there's some gnarly sins that um, are dangerous and have people have fallen prey to them and um, or some lies that really grip the mind or yeah. some, you know, like those aren't, that's not fun to deal with. Like I, I don't enjoy that side of it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't enjoy, I've seen, uh, brokenness in people that is just heart wrenching. Yep. Where, where you just, you just want to cry right there with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. Like I, I don't, if, if someone enjoys that, I think I'd probably have some concerns. Like, oh, I don't know why you enjoy that. Um, like it, so, but, but it's needful. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Um, the chance to try to, uh, I think, I think one of my favorite pieces of counseling is, uh, what, you know, not so much the info gathering. That's usually where you you take the shovel and you're scraping over the mud going, Oh man, what are we going to uncover here? Um, I think one of my favorites though is, is the aspect where we are giving them biblically based hope. I yeah. love yeah. that part of it because usually the folks who come in, they've, they, they're, they're in there because they've given up on hope. Right. That's yep. usually uh, the place where we find them is where they've tried everything that they could think of and they've run out of options. And so um, they're just coming hopeless. And you're like, actually, you have every reason to be super hopeful. Yeah. That yeah. That's the best. The, there is a path forward. It is. And yeah. And there's yep. the good way. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It's 100% true, man. It's that's, I love it. There, there's nothing. And, and here's the thing. Again, like I don't want to leave this on on a downer. I want to I want to encourage I want to encourage our church members and our and our and our pastors. Like that experience. There's nothing that beats that experience, right? And and it's not that we counsel for that experience, but it, if you're not engaging in this. There's so much 
of there's so much wonderful pastoral moments that you are oh, going man. to miss out on because you're outsourcing it somewhere else. Right. I, I want to encourage you, if you are a pastor, if you're an elder listening to this, you have everything that you need to counsel effectively the people that are in your church. If you have the mm-hmm. word of God and it's rightly applied, the Holy Spirit is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It will take those truths and your feeble attempts to be encouraging, your feeble attempts to, 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 to rebuke, it will take those and it will reap a mountainful if mm-hmm. you are but faithful with the word of God. And there are a lot of resources that, that are at your disposal as well that can help you be more effective in those things. But my encouragement to you is you got to start. You got to start mm-hmm. seeing your position as a pastor, not to be primarily, like Daniel said, the vision caster or the preacher. <laughs> you are you are a shepherd, which means you are caring and tending the flock. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it like, and again, we're not saying it's one or the other. Nope. Yeah, you got you have to lead the church. Absolutely. You have to be, you have to be going somewhere. Like, do they need to be fed on Sundays? Yeah. Is yeah, that going to be the lion's share of your work? Yeah, probably. Um, is but then we don't counsel either at our kitchen table or in a you know in a very I, I'd consider ki- the kitchen table where most counseling should organically happen. You know, yeah, you've got 100%. the people unless you're like a, a certain famous preacher who said he doesn't even like his people. Why would he want to spend more time with them? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's neither here nor there. But that's good stuff. Uh, you know, throwing that outlier out. Um, you can be talking to them about their marriage, parenting, singleness, uh, newly widowed or widowered, um, barren, uh, or struggling with like three kids in three years, or like you're going to take all of those normal life issues and you're going to be able to speak naturally and pointedly into their life with the word. And then there's going to be the, the train wrecks that roll into your office and you're going to deal with those. But one of the things that should be, it breaks my heart every time I hear it. When I find out something has been going on and it wasn't raised to my attention and I ask why, and they say, I didn't want to bother you. Mm. Kills me. Like if we don't yeah. care for the flock and they feel like they're a bother, oh my goodness. We, we I hate that. We've lost we've lost the plot at that point. I, I to me it's hard for me not to hear it as like criticism. Like I know they don't mean it that way, but it's hard for me and I and I actually love it when there there's a good use of it where it's like folks know that we're busy and I don't want them to come in and and just be like, hey, let's goof off. Yeah, lots of stuff I'm doing. Like, there's that kind of, yeah, you want to guard your pastor's time. But if you're hurting and your life's falling apart, please come bother me because it's not a bother. That's what your pastors are for. That's what yeah. they're here for. That's what they're called to do for you. Right. And again, like, <laughs> there are some train wrecks that could have been totally avoided. Sure. Sure. With a, yeah. uh, hey, with, with a, Hey, can I get lunch with you? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. yep. You Plus, as, pastor. as pastors, we love lunch. 
Oh, we do love lunch. It's true. Lunch is delicious, <laughs> especially if it's like street tacos or something like that, or smash burgers. Right? Those yes, are sir. Yeah, yeah. As a pastor, like so much of being effective in counseling, right? And again, we use that term. It's very official, but it's discipleship. So much of it is being available. So yeah. much of it is 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 letting your people know, like, look, this is something I care about. This is something I'm here for, mm-hmm. and. I want you, I desire for you to come to me with these things so that we can walk through it together, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, there's no lone wolf Christians here, and we need to be able to to recognize that we don't have the ability to do it on our own, and that's what biblical counseling is at the end of the day, is here's what the Word of God says. I'm going to point you to the one that gives you strength, and we're going to walk there together. That is, that is, That's what we yeah. do. And it is so yeah. important. And also, we you know we don't fall or hopefully don't fall into the trap of that. I have to do all the counseling. Every like, there's so much counseling that should be happening in the church that doesn't involve me. Absolutely, absolutely. Just godly men and women who don't have it all figured out, but they got pieces of it figured out. Yep, and they can help people. And I think that's the other that's the other thing that keeps the normal you know, Jane or Joe Christian from counseling is going to be like, well, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Neither is your pastor. Yeah. No, but <laughs> no, no, I don't have to be at the finish line. I just need to be a few steps ahead of you. Yeah. You know, in, in, like, I, in, in this particular thing, in that right, area, right, right, right. In that particular area, because here's the thing, like, like not every pastor is experienced in everything, right? The Holy spirit might use the, the words of a faithful brother and sister that are not a pastor and to be more effective than what the pastor was saying because of what the Holy Spirit has brought them through first. Right. Yeah. And th- like this, this is the beauty of utilizing the word of God and seeing the word of God as sufficient to deal with these things is that there is so much opportunity, not just in the leadership, but in the, in the congregation for that intensive discipleship to happen and and lives are changed by it. Their lives are changed by the gospel. Lives are changed by the truth, and we're all called to do that. And it's something that that I I don't want pastors to miss out on it because they're either outsourcing. They either don't think that they have have the ability to do it, or or they don't have the desire to do it. You know, I I, I want I want you guys to to have that because I think it's it's so important. Oh, I mean, yeah, 100%. Um, the chance to, like I said, to walk with folks through the darkest, toughest seasons of their life. Yeah. That's why you're there. Yep. Um, now, true. is there some counseling that's super fun? Yeah, there's some premarital counseling that's been awesome. Yeah. Um, where you're like, you come, I, I, I've walked away from some premarital counseling sessions pumped for two godly people who've just waited and worked in seasons of singleness and God has provided. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, I treasure those counseling sessions because you're like, hey, I'm going to help you hopefully avoid some unnecessary bumps. Marriage has bumps naturally. There's going to be just, two sinners in covenant together, you're going to have some issues. But if I can remove some of the dumb things that you would fight about or would cause strife, like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, why would you, why would you not want to do that? Or 
the the man or the woman that's enslaved to alcohol or drugs or sex or food or lack of food or um, career, like if I can help them with God's word be set free from life dominating sins, why, why would we not do that? Mm-hmm. I get it. It's not fun. Like I, I'm not trying to romanticize, but I'm saying like step back and just ask like that. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Is yeah. we're declaring the freedom and the liberty that's found in the gospel that should run through every area of our life. And there's no off, there's no off limits area where the gospel goes like, Oh, I can't really go there. Right. No, the mind, the heart, the hands, the feet, everything, mm-hmm. the desires. Um, I, I'm heartbroken for some of the things that I hear people are wrestling with. And it's, and I think some people, you know, the, the other thing is we want to make sure, hopefully this isn't too big of a soapbox to hop up on, but I'll, I'm a guest. I could hop on that box. I don't want to. <laughs> hop on a I quick. should have been a guest right out of the, right out of the gate. <laughs> when folks are worried that we're going to be judgmental. Mm, yeah. And that there, I obviously there's a, there's a proper form of shame that's, to the companies. And I get that. But like when they're telling you about sins that they've struggled with for sometimes decades and you like, and you can see in their eyes, like that you are going to be, you're going to look down on them or yeah. they think you're going to look down on them. And then for them to hear like, yep. And Christ can set you free from that too. Yep. And I'm a sinner too. And I've experienced that same freedom, maybe not on that same topic, but that same freedom of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think as a community, a church, as a community of sinners that are redeemed, there shouldn't be this stigma of like, let's hide our sin. Like, yeah. nope, um, we're all sinners here. So let's just get that out in the open. Now we shouldn't yeah. revel in our sin. Cause there, there's some weird, overreactions where it's almost like a reveling. You know, we're not, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is let's be open and honest. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. And let's um, let's see what God's word has to say about it because it has a lot to say about it. Right. And you can actually, like I tell I tell folks all the time, to, you know, regardless of whatever issue it is, like my prayer for you guys and my expectation for you guys is that you'll come into a place where Today is a distant memory. You'll have to think back on what it was when your marriage was miserable. You'll have to think back on what it was when you were enslaved to this thing. You'll have to think because you'll you'll be living in freedom. Right. And you've got to infuse them with that hope. But if they if if we just create communities of self-righteous people, um, no one's gonna get help. No, no. Um, it breaks my heart. I've had people in tears tell me things. You're like, yep, that doesn't tarnish God's love for you. And that's not like you, you know, you are now immune to his love or the freedom of the gospel. Like yeah. you are, Christ said he came to heal the sick, not the healthy. Yeah. So you're just the kind of people he likes. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's the more you counsel, uh, the the fewer things you'll find that shock you. It still happens from from time to time. But, oh, I still uh, get shocked. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Um, but the longer you do it, the more you do it, the fewer those things are, and 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 the more you're able to give that hope, uh, t- to those people and be like, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna tell me something that like i that floors me how how could you have done that right you're not gonna get that response from me all right we're gonna we're gonna apply the gospel to it you fought with your spouse (laughs) first time it's never happened (laughs) so so let's side with with another aspect of pastoral ministry preaching they better hear that hoping you're preaching too oh my goodness and they better hear we're sinners who need god's grace every every lord's day and Every point them back day. to the Savior. Every show the, day. Show them the man from Nazareth That's and the freedom he can bring. Yep. Because if we're if we're judgmental in the pulpit, they're not going to come to you in private. No. Uh, hopefully no one hears that. It's like, oh, that's how I avoid counseling. I should be more judgmental <laughs> in the pulpit. Like, no, they, they should hear a compassionate pleading from the word of God and go, you know what? I can talk to that guy about what I'm wrestling with. There's no better there's no better calling. There's nothing better to do whether you're a pastor or you're just a member, right? It, seeing the freedom that comes from the gospel is in my opinion the greatest experience that I can experience while here on earth. I don't think anything tops it. I haven't found something that tops it. And and in the, and, in the words of the great theologian Nacho Libre. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, now, and and there's heartbreaking counseling situations where they go, you know what? I love sin more. That's gut-wrenching. But at least you were there to be a voice calling them, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've had counseling situations where, yeah, they didn't want to change. But yeah, um, that, that that's still not a failure, and, and that's where that's also what we got to get over is that their change doesn't ride on me, right? Uh, they're this is between them and God, and I'm trying to help you know shine a light of God's word on their hearts. But I'm I'm trying, especially in those situations, to arm the conscience because I don't know what God will do with it in the future, right? And there are people who turn and repent years or decades later because their conscience gnawed away at them for years. And that's a good thing, right? You know, and Mm -hmm. when God chases down folks and pries their fingers off of their idols, Mm -hmm. that's a a beautiful thing. Um, And counseling plays a part of that. So even if you walk away from counseling situation, they hate you, block your number and never want to talk to you again. I wouldn't call that a failure. Sure. Um. Yeah. yeah, it's tough, but we preach the word faithfully in and out of season, no matter the context, no matter the person, no matter the time or the place. It's the same gospel, yeah. and it always will be. And we have nothing better to preach or to counsel with than the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. There's nothing better to do, and uh, that's what I want to encourage. I, I want you all to come away encouraged to understand that you have, you are equipped to do this. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have an open Bible and a willingness to utilize Scripture correctly, 
this is what we're called to do for each other. This is mm-hmm. this is what we do in the local church. And you as pastors, and, and, and I think it puts wheels on our some of what we. It's one thing to spout or to say we confess good doctrine, but that that has consequences. Mm-hmm. So if we believe, you know, just takes you know one thing that uh, the good doctor Richard Sibbs said: there's more righteousness of Christ in Christ than sin in us. Mm-hmm. We really believe that. I guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to point sinners back to that one. Oh. In in public from the pulpit and in private, in counseling Absolutely. or discipleship, whatever you call, it. like that that theological statement. It sounds nice, but it better have some feet on it. Yeah, absolutely. We have to show we believe it. If you're going to preach the glories of the gospel from the pulpit with passion and fervor, that preaching and that passion and fervor that you have better show itself in the way that you shepherd your people. Mm-hmm. It must. It can't, oh, just, it can't just stop at the pulpit. It must transfer to the couch, must transfer to the kitchen table, to the office, to the the coffee meetings and everything in between. That passion yeah. has to come from, from a place that you, it, you have to show you believe it. Show mm-hmm. you believe it by tending to the sheep, right? Yeah, and, and, and that's really what James says, right? When he boils down what true religion really is. Widows and orphans. Now, I don't, I don't think that's only like kids who don't have parents, ladies who don't have husbands. Um, it involves that for sure, but he's talking about the weak and the helpless. Like how we treat the weak and the broken among us says the most about us. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, there's, there's some, uh, some gnarly impatience in my heart that is exposed with counseling other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Like. Exposes things in us too. Oh, That's what it does. there's times where I get so annoyed, and you're like, "Really? Really? After God's been so patient with you, Daniel. you 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 Daniel. really get it, Daniel? You get it the first time through, yeah. every time. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Who are you, oh man? You're not a stubborn <laughs> donkey from, uh, you know, off all, all the time. Yeah. Um, also, just remembering like we've been forgiven much. And we, God's been patient with us, so we can be patient with other people. Because um, it's not, it's not romantic. I guess that's, I, I, I guess I'd say counseling is needful, but let's not over romanticize it. It's, it's ministry in the trenches, right there, man. Absolutely. So. Nothing better, man. There's a lot more that could be said, but we're out of time. But before we get out, it would not be a, it would not be a proper throwback episode if we did not include the 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 staple uh, the infamous segment, the infamous Corey on culture now you this and Chan is, always loved this we and did, I we did. It. this is fantastic uh, so the the basic idea of Corey on culture when we did it is that you grew up very homeschooled uh, which means I'm that a, I'm a purebred homeschooler a p- let's just be here purebred homeschooler which means that in terms of the uh, the more cultural moments, music, movies, events, things like that. Uh, you weren't, are, you aren't very, shall I say, well versed in the in the realm of non homeschool culture. Yes, and, and yeah, and you're not the only one to point that out. Brian is disgusted that I don't know who Bob Dylan is. Yeah, 
that that's fair. Yeah. Well, he did say Bob Dylan was like his favorite musician on our podcast. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. I so don't even know who that is. You want to get on Brian's good side? Maybe start listening to some Bob Dylan. Drop some lyrics around him, and it'll it'll it, it'll go a long way. We'll just put it that way. Uh, I think I'll just continue to be ignorant, and because it annoys him. And as you know, that's just my jam. That's that's that. You know what? That checks out. That's All consistent. Right, what do you got for that's me? Consistent. All right, Daniel. I have a band for you. That's one of my favorites. It uh, is a band from the 70s Twyla and 80s. Paris. It's not Twyla Paris. No, good gracious. Uh, this band has one of the, I would say, the best drum in his prime. He was the greatest drummer of all time. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite songs from the favorite band. You are going to absolutely love it. It's a banger. It's one of my favorites. Are you ready is for this, this? You said this is like 80s music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. All right. Yeah, let's go. Here we go. Corey on culture, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel's uh, unfiltered hot takes on uh, the culture to which I bring to his eardrums. Here we go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who's this lady singing? It's not a lady. That's, his name's Getty Lee, and he has a nose like a sailboat. Oh my goodness. Alright, so real talk, you hear this and you there are feelings of pleasure that you experience. There are I, feelings of pleasure that you experience. Yes. You, I you, love you, you, this. you go, ooh, I like that. I do. I do. I love this song. The band the band's name is Rush. I've never heard of them. Well, that's what's, the, what's the name of the song? Tom Sawyer. Is it's it a great about song. Tom Sawyer? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah, it, it's is a, it a coming of age song? No, it's not a coming of age is song, Is it like Daniel. your body's going to start changing no, and then you're going to take out a responsibility? Oh Why you got to make it so weird? <laughs> paint the fence. Paint the fence. <laughs> no, Daniel, it is not a coming of age song. It is a song by one of the greatest bands of all time. Their drummer, Neil Peart, was one is one of the greatest drummers. Rest in peace. One of the greatest drummers of all time. I have never seen drumming skill like that of Neil Peart. He was amazing. Uh, no. No. What I heard was like made on a synthesizer while people were high and they just we're having like fond childhood memories about a book they read one time. No, dude, that's not it. Rush. Didn't they were trying the, to process. Rush, Rush wasn't in the drug scene. Their childhood. Oh and my goodness! Don't biblical counsel right, well, that, Rush. That song that makes less sense now that I know he wasn't on drugs because yeah. that was the only explanation. They didn't do the drugs in Getty Lee, dude. He he was a keyboardist and the bass player. Amazing. Is he related to the Gettys? No, there's no relation. Yeah, I that okay. triggered me, and okay. I can't come back. So that's fair. If if Jack ever comes back from, he's gonna come back Taiwan. Thailand. Well, so it, no, it depends. What airline did he travel with? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want to find out because if I find out, it's just gonna stress me out. No, it's well, probably so United. Here's, here's the reason why I asked. Okay. Some of those airlines have like a minimum height requirement that people. <laughs> 
You must be this be tall. You must be this tall to fly. <laughs> yes. And I'm saying he got over there dirty. on one airline, and then was you know planning to come back and like, sorry, sir, you have to be taller than the red line, and he doesn't make it. He he <laughs> might get trapped there. He might get trapped there. Jack, and... Jack, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, hide in the overhead compartment. All right, get into someone's carry-on. Get in the overhead. Get home, okay? Because I can't Ask lose a tall another person co-host. to put you in, in their carry-on, I or can't say that lose you're another... one of their. No, here's what you should find: a tall person. Yeah. Tell them that pretend I'm your son, and. <laughs> <laughs> a very, very hairy, bearded son. <laughs> He may have to shave that beard. He's there. You know what? You know what? Walk up to a tall person. Tell him, hey, I'm your, <laughs> I'm your emotional support Baptist. <laughs> Baptist. I uh, fly no, free. Real, real talk, you and Jack are an excellent pair and uh, <laughs> have taken things to above and beyond wherever they would have climbed due to my um, scrooginess. Scrooginess. That's you know that's a fair word, good word. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you guys for listening. You can head on over to all the socials. We're on all of them at Reformatory Pod. There's many ways you can support the podcast. If you feel like it, you can head on over to www.reformatorypod.com. Check out the local church merch. We've got some good stuff in that store. Rep your local church and look good doing it. You can become. We a pa- are on Facebook. <laughs> yes. We are on Twitter. There you go. We're on YouTube. Yeah. We're on uh, yeah, Twitch. No, not on Twitch. We're on Twitch. No. We're on the one that people Still play not. video games on. That's we... so many that's so many platforms. We're on the internet. Well, yes, we are. And you can find us. Yes. And if you buy some of our stuff, yeah. we'll invest it in Bitcoin and become rich. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. We appreciate the likes and reviews. Leave us a review. We would definitely appreciate it if you do so. Um, your name will be Hallowed if it is uh, something that's worth reading. We really appreciate you guys listening. Daniel, my friend, thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Really appreciate it. It's awesome talking with you. Always a pleasure, my dude. Right on. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. Do you find it with Jack that most of your jokes go for his head because he's so short? Oh my goodness.